Hey, how goes it? Ken Bozak here to talk about Bitcoin and Bitcoin accessories. And today I'm with my Canadian Canuck bro, bro, Sean Hebert, as hey, I guys. yank the earphone right out of his head. All right, we're doing this together. It's my first time doing a streaming with strangers podcast with a co-pilot. Um, so yeah, why don't we give our guests a chance to introduce yourself? Why don't you go ahead and let everybody know who you are, how you got into crypto and kind of what you're doing now in the space. Um, my name's Alicia Snow proper, but I go by Hiroja Shai, and I started out in Dogecoin. I heard about Bitcoin around 2010, when um, most people were not even into it, or even talked about it or heard about it. And I thought it was like the craziest thing. You're just going to print money online. You're going to give it to each other. It's going to somehow have value. And the government is not going to come down and knock it on your door and take everything you have. I was like, yeah, good luck with that. Because I think at the time I heard about it, there was a lot of stuff with like taxes. I think the Wesley Snipes thing was going on. Oh, and, yeah, and tax evasion. People have tried forever. Ever. Yeah, tax evasion. The gold people forever have tried to make their own little gold coins and pass it around each other. I was living in Las Vegas and I... Uh, you know, they talk about how people used to, and they still do it. It's not legal, but they used to, you know, pass casino chips and would pay with casino chips in grocery stores and, uh, like, in the 40s and the 50s, and the government shut that shit down. But now people just kind of pass it, you know, under the table, you know, tip the stripper or whatever, and you, you yep. accept it, go to the, you go you go to whatever casino the chip is from and get the cash if you need it. Mm. So I was like, yeah, good luck with that, guys. Yeah, that's going to totally work out. No one's going to come for you. Sure enough, nobody for anybody. It well, not just only that, blossomed but, and bloomed. But how uh, many people made fake casino chips back in the day before they started increasing security on them? And then they have oh, to... they still they exactly they still make fake casino chips. They get it from like the chips, the little microchips from China, from the same manufacturers, just like they do with the the fake shoes and the fake phones and stuff like that. It's a big deal, and you and it's actually a thing now where certain like certain types of art, if you're into the art scene, like certain forgeries are famous because of the type of forger who made it and the way the techniques they can actually value. Like some of these casino chips, the fake ones, uh, among collectors, it's not like a regular thing. Among collectors, can actually have value, and they pass it around and stuff like that. And it's crazy the kind of things that people will do. And I was like, you know, I looked at it. I didn't read the white paper. I looked at like the the initial Reddit subreddit, which had like maybe like a couple thousand people on it or something like that. There wasn't like much activity. I was like. It smelt like a scam. It smelt like a pipe dream. There's no way this is going to exist. It's a great idea. There's lots of great ideas, but I thought it was going to get squashed, and it didn't. And I kept hearing about it, hearing about it. And so in 2012, I finally really started looking into it. And it's very difficult. It was very difficult to kind of get into Bitcoin back then. Uh, you had to order Bitcoin through like money orders. You had to like yeah, like trust that was the people. local Bitcoins route, man. That was sketchy back then. Now they've got KYC mandatory, so it's a little bit now safer, but it's a double-edged yeah. sword. It is a double-edged sword. I think I used a thing, a place that got shut down because the the IRS, I think it was, or the SAC said that uh, Bitcoin was property, and you had to have a money transmitter license. And so a lot of a lot of the early 
exchanges got shut down. And one of them was ExpressCoin, where I just mailed them a, a money order. Three days later, it popped into my wallet. I transferred it out of my ExpressCoin wallet. Don't keep it on any type of exchange. And it went from there. But just trying to get into the technicalities of Bitcoin early on um, was hard. Like, I didn't know what a DAT file is. I had never heard of that type of file before. I knew what like a, a PNG was, JPEG, GIF, you know, doc, but I never heard what a DAT file was. I didn't really know what a registry was unless you, I was always told never touch the registry. Yet to order to get into Bitcoin or understand the software and download it, you have to go into all sorts of different avenues and it was very difficult early on. You had to do a lot of reading and there's not the kind of tutorials that we do now. There's not the YouTube videos. There's, uh, Andreas was just starting out. There was hardly any like podcasts or any information. So you had to really like shift through a bunch of information. And at the same time, it was also hard asking questions because some people were like, well, you're stupid. You yeah. know, how do you not know what a DAF file is? Like, I don't know what a DAF file is. We're still I'm not, dealing with that I thought it was now. People come in and are like, oh, you didn't know what a private key was? You're an idiot. And it's like, you know, we need to be more encouraging. So I was just curious, like, what are some of the That's projects? That's why I went to Dogecoin. <laughs> well, besides, like, Dogecoin, what are some of the projects that appeal to you throughout the year? Because this has been a crazy year. We've probably seen a, a bajillion projects come and go. What were some of the ones that kind of caught your eye? A lot of that caught my eye are stuff that actually hasn't come quite to fruition, but might take time, like storage coin. There's the storage coin, um, BitNation, which is kind of, over time, is kind of kind of scuzzy, like the whole decentralized organization of countries or people online. Yeah, I met them have your in own, Portugal, like, really cool. Yeah. Yeah, they're really cool, and the stuff they've done has kind of gone there's some things that you know they say they're going to do something doesn't quite come to fruition and it's a lot of it is like really big ideas and people are not realizing that yeah you have to actually put the work in it, it takes time to bake the idea if you will um some of the icos that were out there like poet which is supposed to be like a, a way to certify that the individual is writing the document that you're doing, like a verified like journalist or whatever, and you can follow or invest them. That's yeah, so a PO.ET. Um, yeah, PO.ET fascinating me. But, you know, some of this stuff takes time. And then you get these, like, ICO things or what happened with 10X, how 10X is completely collapsed. The whole yeah. in your debit card and stuff like that, all those have collapsed. I don't think there is a debit card out there now with cryptocurrency. And no, there's a few. I, not are in there? Canada. Not in Canada. Wirex? Not even Wirex? <clears throat> no. No? Damn. None of them got banks right now by MasterCard or Visa. Yeah, I think uh, Pondyx is doing their own thing, like a crypto kind of card, and but it's not like... It's not it's not like, you know, fiat backed. It's crypto to crypto. It's a blockchain portal. But I mean, BitPay, ShiftCard, YRX, there's a couple of them. But yeah, they're all Visa or MasterCard. Visa or MasterCard, but I think like you can't go to Europe with them. I think one of them got shut down. I think yes, it might have been yes. BitPay or they had to switch banks. No, no, I can use Visa anywhere in the work? world. Yeah. I've traveled really? all over the world. Oh. And I was able to use my BitPay Visa card in Spain. 
Portugal. <laughs> I mean, Canada. Yeah, Canada. Everywhere I go, I'm able to use that. That's why I like it. It takes my Bitcoin and it okay. makes it usable anywhere visas accept it. Yeah, and I, I think there was a one that did get shipped out in Europe, but maybe BitPay is the one that survived. Uh, and it's like it's interesting to see how the space has changed from the very beginning to what it is now to where we, you're going to have to see like whether or not people really want to be in this space. They really want to make it develop and make it work mm -hmm. because it's nice to have a grand idea, but there's all sorts of people with grand ideas. You have to put the forth the work and effort, and I think that's what 2017 – taught a lot of people with these ICOs, uh, with the different projects that are out there, with the, basically, it seems like the collapse of Ethereum is happening before our eyes right now. Yeah, I think and, that's just the morale around it, not so much the, the, the actual technology itself. I just think it may be that centralized stronghold on it that may be kind of going its way. But um, uh -huh. I kind of wanted to say, like you were saying, like it's, it's all about putting in the work. I was just wondering, like, what have you done in 2017? What has, like, the year been like for you, this whole – uh, financial and emotional roller coaster, you know, from you know 300 to 20,000 back down to 3,000. It's been a crazy year, all in general. You know, what have you been doing in the, in the space to keep yourself busy? I know you have like a podcast and stuff. Uh, what I've done personally is just I've taken a step back, and because I've been burnt and scammed in this space, and I took a step back from the space for a moment, and I just watched, and I was like. What, where are we going and why are we here? And I was really like looking at the philosophies of the different people and the different projects of like, why are they in this space? And do they really mean what they're saying? Uh, for the, like, actually, you said, as you said, with Ethereum, there seems to be like a lot of technical projects and people are putting the work around there. But it seems like the people that rallied around these projects were not there for the same reasons. They were for the rich gets you know, rich quick schemes. Yeah, like if they got totally. to Ethereum when it was like when it first started or 10 cents and it goes and shoots up to a thousand, they're thinking like every single project's going to be like that. And it's not the case. And at, at, the, at the same time, like with Casper and sharding and seeing how the split, like what really kind of distanced me, distanced me from the space for a moment was a split between Bitcoin cash and Bitcoin, the hard fork. Because you had that moment where you see, like, okay, there's people that were small blockers, there's people who are big blockers, people can go this way or that way. And just watching how the space shifted and split and then seeing how people reacted to that and how the market reacted to it, it seemed like the, the different philosophies were actually, like, all the stuff that people talk about when they talk about economics and libertarianism and all that stuff, instead of it being on paper, it was actually real world. And I thought it would be more important to observe this instead of participating in it so much actively, just to see, like, okay, what is really going to happen? What it, are the market values of storage value really matter, or is it spending? Is it this? Is it that? And just finding people clashing and 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 and, and seeing how that happens. And I think we're finally seeing like what actually really works, particularly when we're seeing with the, what's going on with Bitcoin Cash and how that's just exploded into a bunch of funness if you're just into memes and just watching people just I don't know, be weird to me personally. But with with Ethereum, which I found very disappointing because I was very much into the whole concept of a, a world computer, is 
like I would like to see this stuff get launched, like Casper. I would like to see the the sharding being on the platform. I would like to see these ICOs succeed. I'd like to see people be able to develop all these DApps and decentralized platforms. And some of them are out there, and some of them are getting traction. And, but it, I just I think we're just a little early, and it's going to take time. Um, it's probably going to take about five or ten years for some of this stuff to actually work, and it's a, it's a matter of patience. And I think because we live in this very quick, quick digital world, people want things now and they don't want to wait. Well, one of the big things was that through the end of 2017, coming into 2018, there was so much like visual media, memes, little videos, little funny things that were getting everyone interested in crypto. When Lambo. When Lambo, when Moon. So the perception shifted from to like, this is a get rich quick thing. People, you can make millions. Like this guy, I blame BitConnect. But the thing people don't like, yeah, BitConnect was a huge thing too. But the thing people don't realize is that like these people that made millions quickly in Bitcoin, they didn't make they didn't make it quickly because they bought in when it was so low. They were holding on to that for years until these big bull runs, right? So it's all a matter of perspective. Like you know, there's a lot of people that got in at the wrong time. And it's just lack of education. And, and, you know, hopefully we're going to see a trend going up again. And people will be smarter and give better advice this time. Yep. Yeah. I think people should be giving better advice because they kept emphasizing the storage value. So when things went up to 10, 20, people were thinking, oh, it's going to go the 100 or whatever. Like it did the last run. And then we're now, what, around 38, 37? I haven't checked in in a little bit. But it is crashed. And I think we we really weren't emphasizing the fundamentals like this is going to take time and people were expecting that that uh quick quick scream and i I just don't know if we're going to have enough new people coming into the space with the right perspective because i think a lot of people are going to be very hesitant i mean that could benefit benefit in the sense that some of these scams aren't going to get funded but will there be enough new people coming in to keep the the engine going to keep and because a lot of people have stayed, a lot of people have left, but we still need more people to come in to grow this space. Yeah. No, but we've only just had one percent. Just... That was only that's only like one percent of the people that we've had so far, right? We still have ninety nine percent of the people that are unaware or ignorant it's to true. this in general. And you know, with Cash App being the number one downloaded app right now for all Apple devices, it has a portal right there to buy and sell Bitcoin right in the Cash App. And Cash App actually tweeted at me because I was asking them about peer-to-peer Bitcoin transactions and it is in their roadmap. So they are going to be going to that Bitcoin to Bitcoin wallet, you know, buying and selling kind of direction. And, you know, again, being the number one downloaded app, we're, I think we have more than enough new blood waiting to come in but i don't think it matters about the perspective uh, though is what i was coming at i think it it, i think what needs to happen now is we need improvements in design we need improvements in user interface like these things need to be easier and quicker to use no one gives a shit how a visa card works how the nfc chip works they care that they can go up and tap and pay And, and crypto needs to get that easy and that easily understood by people coming in and i don't think we're there yet like people are still trying to explain how a blockchain works to people yeah like, satoshi should probably start cracking the whip a little bit in that warehouse he, yeah. he's a really shitty manager i mean yeah, yeah. this project <laughs> sucks it's like it's sort of like it's decentralized or something and I there's know, no order crazy. yeah uh i was just i had i was taking a picture that i found very amusing um 
the you know those water jugs where you can put your coins or cash in and you can fill up your like two or oh, yeah, three yeah. Do- three gallon they have a little box it's like maybe like four two inches where you can tap your your debit or credit card and i was just thinking why isn't bitcoin on there there's visa there's apple pay they had apple pay they had google pay and they had samsung pay which I know Samsung Pay's out there, but I rarely ever see it. But it's on this water machine. I was like, Bitcoin should be right there. So I just Bitcoin walk up and I tap or... my phone and I can put digital, you know, like money in. That's cool, I guess. I wonder yes. what the fees and you can get your water. This. Yeah, they could be using. I'm Lightning sure there's the fees, fees but you're not paying the fee except into the price. Yeah. But. I was just thinking, like, we could be there, but we're just not quite there. And with the UI stuff, I've seen some improvement with the UI stuff this year. I particularly was impressed with uh, my Ethereum wallet and the my crypto yes. wallet, where they have that tutorial that they force you to go through every time you log on to say, hey, this is how this works. Well, and they I got tired more, of people cloning the uh, site and scamming people. That. Well, that's the problem, though. It's, oh, I think that's over-education. You know, that it's too. overbearing, right? Like, it's cool the first couple of times, and it sounds cool, like, as a gimmick. Like, oh, I could send my grandma to my crypto, and she knows not to get ripped off, but it's fucking tedious. And I, mm-hmm. I really don't know if we're coddling people too much on the on the way up to mass adoption. You know, I, I kind of, mm-hmm. I, like, I, I think we were blessed to have BitConnect so early yeah. in, in our lives. And this could have been so much worse, just like Mt. Gox could have been so much worse later on. Um, you know, imagine Bitcoin at $20,000 a piece, you know, instead of a filtering a thousand. process. It's, yeah. It's like there's a funnel and there are all these stupid people came in the funnel. And then right about here, Mt. Gox came and cut the legs out from a lot of people. And then the smart people stayed in. And they started getting pushed together and even more. And then BitConnect and USI Tech and, and BitPT kind of – and all these ICOs, it all kind of did the same thing. Yeah. So I think what we have right now is like top quality, cream of the crop froth, the top. I I don't think that we are not quite over-educating people because you have to remember like – I remember as a child uh, all those learning things about getting on the internet – are all those videos like yeah, even to the point not, where it was doesn't apply today right so you went through all that for what five years of of apple uh, or whatever the heck it is like you can't even apply that today so it's you're right but i mean it, it's almost like we're like i said we're over coddling because i think it'll be to the point to where the it'll be like it's common gonna, knowledge it's right? gonna like, be the point where we're gonna be like when i first got into bitcoin we used to have to go to an exchange and like it's gonna be like you know the, the generation talking about dial-up internet and modem that's and, exactly and the it. kids these days are like what do you mean you couldn't be on the phone yeah. what do you mean you had a phone on your wall <laughs> that's yeah that's what i think i don't think we're gonna worry about that because there won't be so many centralized exchanges yeah. and a lot of these wallets eventually will be weaned into you know, having to give us our private keys. Mm-hmm. So no matter what, Coinbase eventually, if they want to survive, they're going to have to give us their private keys. And I think that's what it's going to come down to is us, the users, demanding. I think it would be, I think we would be much further along if it wasn't for the fact that we see the state side that uh, cryptocurrency is considered a property. I think that is a big hindrance. Because you have to do the KYC and AMLs. I think that's such a big hindrance that is really bottling this space. Because we can develop a lot of these decentralized apps or like, for example, on Android, the Samurai wallet. 
and, and what they're attempting to do and trying to do. And we can work, do all these workarounds, but with the SEC already cracking down on ICOs, I'm very deeply concerned when they're going to start going after wallets mm-hmm. soon, where you have to go onto a wallet and automatically enter your AML or KYC if you want to be on Apple. Yeah, but that's fine. I mean, Apple if, if just they... kicked off well that's fine though that's only regulation to a centralized entity right so you know mm-hmm. we'll just see the developers that created those projects come together collude and they'll create decentralized versions of the centralized thing that was regulated into mandatory kyc and all that because the same people who built poloniex are the same people who trade on poloniex you know what i mean and now that it's mandatory kyc all those developers are kind of kicking themselves in the ass and i i I really feel like you're right. They will come for wallets next and submit like mandatory KYCs on everything. And you know how like Coinbase is eventually going to stop letting you like send money peer to peer and shit or outside of Coinbase or something like. Yeah, I I can't pull my money out of Coinbase unless I submit my information. So it's just sitting there. Yeah, you're not allowed to. And I'm not going to give it to them. Yeah, I'm not I'm not going to give them my information. I mean, when I started, I didn't have to, or else I wouldn't have gone with that wallet, that but, service. But you can take and, your yeah. Bitcoin from your Coinbase wallet and send it to another Bitcoin address, right? No. It's stuck on Coinbase? No, no it's stuck. Yeah. Yeah, it did. That's criminal. It's stuck. It's stuck. Yeah. It is very criminal. And Well, imagine um, using an exchange, right? It's like fine right now. Set- Binance doesn't have any KYC for up to two Bitcoin for every 24 hours. So you would put two Bitcoin into Binance and leave Mm -hmm. it there for 24 hours thinking you can safely withdraw that without having to go through any hoops. Then they change their terms and services while your money's on the exchange and you cannot withdraw that two Bitcoin any longer until you submit your KYC. So, you know, going from tax reasons that you don't want to, you know, implement yourself or whatever. Well, that's the whole point. It's, It's like... People are like, you shouldn't have to feel like a criminal because you don't want to pay taxes on more shit. We pay enough fucking taxes. If we don't want to pay taxes on our Bitcoin, this is a decentralized thing and like that we need to get these systems in place that we can avoid it. Right. Or like, they, they need to just get in, right? Like this is an op like a saint. Who wants This is to an opt-in or opt-out. Nobody's forcing. So exactly. I think the government could opt into being Bitcoin miners and I'm, they'll get I'm, the taxes there through the transaction exactly. fees. That's, that's true. I, I personally am not deeply concerned with the taxes. It's my concern is just my information. Yeah, you know, the, yeah, especially yeah. with Mt. getting out there. And we're face it, Mt. we've Gox. all been pretty much taxed. Yeah, but yeah. the implication of them having your information is that Equifax, it's easier for them yes. to push taxes onto you, right? So Yeah, or that they just have her information. They, our they information could, could taxes. be stolen. Exactly. It's ridiculous. I don't want to have to trust you with my driver's license and social security <laughs> number. I don't trust you. I don't trust anybody. Mm-hmm. Blackmail me and saying we know you haven't paid your taxes. Give us your money. Mm-hmm. Right. Give us a percentage of your Bitcoin and we will let you draw it, mm-hmm. or we'll tell. So where do you see the space going? Or submit with your these, information. That that's with the atmosphere the way it is right now, and these dominoes kind of being set up where everything looks like it's going institutional and regulation and centralized and pretty much against everything fucking Bitcoin stands for. Uh, you know, people begging for an ETF, which could in the futures, which couldn't have been against what big more against what Bitcoin stood for. But like, where do you see this going in the next year? By the- I think we're going to go more gray. I think we're going to go more gray, more black. We just are. It's we already pivoted 
in that. You see things like uh, BitSquare, what's it? Not BitSquare. They changed their name. It's a decentralized uh, Bitcoin exchange. Uh, you're you're going to see more people figuring out ways to go peer to peer where they're able to exchange their funds and and finances without KYC and or AML themselves and just being under the radar under like this. And as far as the institutions, I think they've already been burnt. If we look at the people that get wise to the future markets, and Bitcoin is so much more transparent than the gold or property, like physical property or any of these other ETFs that are out there or any of that no, stuff. That people that are, yeah, I just, I just no. read a really interesting uh, article earlier about the thoughts that a lot of these exchanges may be insolvent and they're actually using the Bitcoin on, you know, their cold storage that their users have. So it is so very fractal, similar. Yeah. Yeah, fractional reserve banking Bitcoin right now and, and you know we need we needed a more transparent way to audit these exchanges, but you're right sure. it is more uh, more transparent, but unfortunately because of the centralization, because of the regulations and because of these exchanges, it, it can actually be manipulated very badly and I think it has been manipulated heavily on the way down. It, it has. I think it has. I also think people forget to realize that when people bought at the top or between September and December, if they held it more than a year, they can, you know, their tax situation is different. So if they're looking to get out, now would be the time for them to sell and take yeah. their losses and only pay 15 percent. So yeah. that's why I think there's no losses on the year. Our- we're still up for the year, I think, for the 12 month mark. I think we're still up, aren't we? Or no, we are. Well, not. We're down now. Well, no, we're down you, now. Yeah. If you bought, yeah, if you bought at eighteen and you're selling at three. Yeah, yeah I forgot it's been yeah. that long. Wow. Yeah. It has been a year since we hit like eighteen twenty. Dude, it's been like a year since wow. BitConnect. Damn. BitConnect. Time flies, man. I was traveling over the damn world. Have you been to any conferences this year or anything? Have you attended any? Of these, I have uh, not been events? to any conferences at all this year. I'm a little concerned. For you personally, Ken, when you go out there, that someone's going to knock you upside the head and take your stuff. I mean, but... that, that could happen to me walking in the streets of Philly. So, I mean, I mean, it, it is no different. Sure. It's no different. But no it's... one's robbing Bitcoin people right now. It's a little bit of... <laughs> yeah. Huh? Like, no one's robbing Bitcoin people right now. They're giving us well... money. They're like, sorry, man. We You must be going through a hard time. <laughs> Yes, this is true. This is true. But um, I would like to next year. My plan is to start going to a couple conferences, but I personally would like to go to more. There's a couple in my area of local meetups and engaging people there in that space. Um, in my area, there are a lot more holders, you can say, than um, Ethereum or shitcoiners, as they, they call some of us out there that hold other different coins. Um and it's been very educational. They're sometimes they're a little smug about it because they're holding, and then like they're they're right, right, right. It's like okay, but you know the whole point of this whole space is to experiment. And yeah, but hodlers right you now put, are are like leather skinned, scarred Chucky dolls of like winter has come and went. You know what I mean? It's like if we we're, we're, we're some bitter fucking people right now. Some of them are. Some of them are very like they're like that, and there's some that are just like, 
you know, like, you know, hey, I've gone through this and they're with a little bit of a glee because some of us were like, you know, let's try this. Let's try that. Let's get some experiment. Let's try these concepts out here. And they're like, no, no, no. They're just they're just stealing your Bitcoin. In some cases, they were right. In some places, yep. it's nice to see whether something works or not. Especially like with uh, figuring out how lightning works. There's yeah. some people that, you know, hold are like, I'm not going to put my Bitcoin into the lightning network and look where lightning network is now. I mean, it's crazy how it's grown this year. I think it's up to like 450 Bitcoin or within the lightning network right now. And yeah, you can and make see, payments uh, for... There's, yeah, there's payments that people are accepting lightning payments right now. It's crazy. I've seen at least three platforms, like uh, mm -hmm. one that sells a VPN, one that sells routers, and another one I think that sells like uh, mining graphics cards and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, and, they're the, and it's now more acceptable, I would say, for a merchant in this space that targets this space and knows what the, the needs of the space are to really accept Bitcoin before. Before it was a little, you know, people would do it, but now it's much easier because I have used Bitcoin to pay for certain things to, you know, anonymize myself in a certain sense. And using BitPay, was, which was the service platform, like the, the coins that was sent and sometimes it was holding like a wallet for a little bit on certain, some of the platforms, I realized like the amount that I sent there, the value that they're giving me which should be higher, but that's not what they're doing. They're giving me the dollar amount. They're taking my Bitcoin and giving me the dollar amount instead of the actual Bitcoin. And that frustrated the hell out of me to the point where I just went back to using, you know, my credit card or debit card because it's like, you're just jipping me anyways. So why am I going to spend my Bitcoin when I can like hold and wait for the value to go up and then, you know, spend it on your platform or something like that. But now with Lightning Network is just instantaneous and there's no middleman. It's going straight to their wallet. They're not going to maybe they're not going to change it out for cash. Or I like, like that. I'd like to be like the, uh, I like to be the devil's advocate to Lightning Channel not being a middleman. And it is it is a middleman. Like, you know what I mean? When you say there's no middleman, I get it. Like everybody says that I just like for cover, like kind of covering that for the noobs, because I remember when I first got into Bitcoin, it was pitched to me as this uh, anonymous, completely free to send anywhere at anyone, whatever, um, you know, store of value thing. And I've come to learn that it's pretty not free, not free and it's not anonymous. Not anonymous. Yeah, and that middleman, the transaction fee kind of rubs me the wrong way. Can we, can we change this to middle human? Middle human. Middle person? Middle person, yeah. The middle human. There can be, there can the be middle, middle women, Ken. Yeah, the middle person uh, is the lightning channel. And I, I like that there's multiple ways to use lightning channels. Like you can use fastest, you could use cheapest, you could use options. So you could run your own lightning channel and choose to use that one no matter what. All different ways to use it, really. Uh, that's what mm -hmm. really cuts out the term uh, middleman because or middle person <laughs> because you know it, it, it's an opt-in you you have an opt it's not mandatory so it's it, it it provides to the ecosystem the network so like that fee isn't really a tax it's a you know you're contributing to something you're not you're not being ripped off it's optional stuff like that so i just wanted to kind of touch on that a little bit but have you ever actually used the lightning channel like with a friend or to send like crypto have you opened one closed one uh, have you ever had any experience with it i haven't had any experience with it i've been trying to um build my own lightning channel and stuff like that working with the different programs and trying the different ones and i plan on prior towards the end of this year to have my own lightning 
node, Bitcoin node and Lightning node, and just trying the different formats. Because I, I what I like about the space now is that there's different options now. It's like the different types mm-hmm. of wallets or the different types of servers or the different types of uh, code, if you will. You don't have to run the Bitcoin core core code. You can run the this core code or you can run this code or that code. And playing with it and seeing what the difference is and how easy it is to implement, how long it takes to do it, um, actually looking at it and fiddling with it. And I'm not a very technical person, so it takes me a while to look at the stuff and check to make sure I'm downloading things correctly and implementing things correctly and going through the command code and going through the tutorials and making sure I'm setting stuff up because I, I think the, the best thing for me personally is about doing this stuff myself yeah. where before I had to rely on like for banking, like I had to rely on the bank to set up my checking. They give, they give me my banking routing number and my checking number and what type of checks I had and you know, when I can deposit and when I couldn't deposit and when I can withdraw my money, couldn't withdraw my money and always hitting me when uh, my deck deposit didn't come in just at the right amount of time, but somehow it was short so that even though they still got their money, I still got a $35 overdraft fee. Like bullshit like that. And having the ability to be able to control all that is something I would like to do. Uh, now that it's more robust, I think I feel more comfortable like going in and putting my own funds and my own skin in the game, if you will. Mm. Because if at this point, if I... If it gets lost, I still asked out. But at least I feel like I'm not alone in being asked out. I'm not like way out there hanging out on a limb or something like that. Oh yeah, that's the Bitcoin Union. As in some cases, yeah, that's the college tuition of blockchain, man. You know, you just go out there, you throw money around, you lose money, but you pay the fuck attention to how you lost it, so you learn from it, and it's not like it was lost, it was spent, it was invested, even though it didn't gain value, you gained knowledge, you made an ROI. So like, what were some of the worst mistakes, One, you know, maybe Sean, and then me, and then I could like, you know, let you let people know. I don't don't want to make my guests be like, oh, what what dumb moves have you done? But like, um, what were like some of the mistakes that we've made in this space, and what have we learned from it throughout the year? And uh, like I said, I'll let Sean go, then I'll go, and you know, then maybe you can let the audience know like what what kind of dumb moves we have done definitely not backing up my my seed keys and everything for my two fa's oh at the beginning um and i'm still actually dealing with this crap but i finally have it figured out but yeah i had all i had two fa on like a burner phone on a separate phone and it was in a drawer and it was for like the coins that i couldn't take off in exchange so I had them like I had it just on a phone, so I could uh, access them yep. when I needed them. And uh, it's like your cold storage two FA. And like just technology fails, and the battery in the phone fused into the phone and would no longer turn on. So I'm like, and I'm freaking out, and I'm actually holding funds for a buddy of mine through all of this. Um, brought the phone into a cell phone repair place, and it's finally ready to get picked up. It's turning on. So I, I hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll have access to those funds again. It's not a lot, but it's still the fact that, like, dude, I'm in crypto. I should not be not having access to my funds, you know? Wow. But, like, just technology fails. Like, have a backup for your backup. 
Yeah, that's actually a really good point. I did that with Ellie when I went to Omar Bams in um, L.A. when I was there for the uh, the conference. I found out she didn't back her up her two uh, FA, you know, private keys. Essentially, not even, a, not even the first layer backup. No, I was, well, she has two FA, but she didn't write down the back. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the that's what I, mean, yeah. I was like, you have to write those down. And she was like, but it's it's on my phone. I was like, no, but like if you lost your phone, where's the two FA? You're still locked out. Yeah. So you need to write that down. And we went through the process of doing it. And yeah, dude, that's actually a really important lesson. And so good it's cover. just laziness, man. People are. I'm lazy. I'm super yeah, lazy. Fucking People stoner. Um, for me personally, though, it was. Uh, I kind of FOMO'd, and I was going through like a. Oh, gonna get rich. This is amazing. I I am a savant at tra- trading. I'm the best there ever was. Um, can you bring me back Gatorade? By the way, I yeah. love you. And um, I was trading on Poloniex, and I was in the troll, the troll, uh, troll box. Remember, were you ever in that? The the Poloniex troll box. Anyway, they 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 canceled that right before Goldman Sachs bought Poloniex for three hundred and fifty million dollars. But um, I was talking shit, and this was I think during. I, I think it was like Bitcoin Dark and Bitcoin something. There was like these two crazy Bitcoins that kept pumping. It went up like 2,000, 3,000 percent. Yeah, there was Bitcoin Gold. No, no, it was oh, way oh, before the, that. Oh, those ones. Yeah, yeah, it was like, yeah, it was before Bitcoin Gold. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was way before that shit, man. It was fucking pumping, bro. And I'm sitting there riding that shit. And like this is at the time I'm still cool with Trevon James. So me and Trevon James are on the phone with each other. And he's like, all right, bro, let's buy. We're buying. He's like, all right, we're selling. And then we, we, were like, we were just dumping around. And my dumbass was doing like trolling in the troll box. And for some reason, I, I didn't put enough, I, I didn't put it, uh, I put too many zeros in on a sell order. So I sold like super cheap. Um, yeah, like the, the decimals are hard. Math is hard. Santa Claus. Yeah, pretty much. I made a rain. Um, I lost all the profits I made from that day and basically started from scratch. Because I, I think I added an extra zero or two to the sell order. And I did the same dumb shit when I panicked and saw it and I bought more than the market value. So I oversold, I sold for under, bought back over, and basically decided to not do anything for like two <laughs> days on a fucking computer. So you did everything right, but just upside down and completely opposite. Yeah, if you would have counter-traded me and did the exact opposite, you'd be fucking great. <laughs> like there's a somewhere, there's a, an alternative universe me, and just he's loaded. just bawling right now because of, he, you know, this me fucked up. Anyway, like, what were some of the things that you've run into? Because this space has been chaotic. I've had a computer crash on me when I had, like, four Bitcoin on it. And I lost everything because I didn't back it up. And this is very early in the space. I didn't back it up. It was on a Bitcoin wall, a core wallet. So that's completely gone. it wasn't worth much. The so only who thing- even cares? <laughs> Nope, and uh, oh, the only thing I had was like the public address, so I can always look it up. I didn't write down the private key, because it's like, oh, you're not, you're supposed to be very secure, you know, you know, you're supposed to not write, you know, do this or that. And it's like, okay, so I'm just, I know what it is, I know where the public address is, so no one can snatch it or take it. I was like, you know, whatever. But I did back up my computer, and it went, <laughs> <laughs> and so. Yeah, uh, so I got. I did that I with got, my Steam account actually. I forgot to back up Steam. And I thought I was smart. I just logged in, right? Like, who cares? Mm-hmm. And I, my computer crashed, and I didn't back up my Steam my Steam private key, so I could not log back in. And that is why at Ken Bozak is like a ghost on Steam because I can't use it. <laughs> yeah. 
can't use it. Yeah. First and only uh, private key issue. To be fair, though, I've been making bad financial decisions long before I got into Bitcoin. Oh, same here. Same here. <laughs> yeah, Bitcoin's not a bad influence, okay? We were fucked up degenerates when we got I'm slightly here. slightly less fucked up now. <laughs> I, what else have I done? I've invested in things that have turned out to be complete scams. Uh, there was a Dogecoin one where they were supposed to put on an event. I spent some Dogecoin that was worth up to about maybe $500 at the time. And they just when walked away this? with funds. I, I've done Doge <laughs> events. I've been to Doge events. Uh, it was like around 2014, I think, at the time. It was supposed That's to be like me. a charity event that was supposed to be like a walkathon or something like that. And it, it never happened. I trusted this person. He got a bunch of people at the time. He was trying yeah. to go hit up like all these different people. Well, that's people. when Doge was doing shit like the fucking Jamaican bobsled team and NASCAR <laughs> ads. And like Doge did some fucking cool marketing, man. So I could yeah, see where was... you would believe that this is going down. So don't feel bad. Like you were taking advantage of by an asshole. Yeah. And the other thing was like I learned my lesson about backing the stuff up. So I had like USB sticks. I had like hard drives back up both stuff and then i had paper stuff and what had happened was uh one of my animals pissed all over my paper stuff so i'm like oh because some of it i hadn't backed up or transferred i was like i didn't even think of that as an oh, option you know what? i have this thing um give me one second i want to plug them because they're really cool uh, <laughs> animals what kind of animals do you have uh okay the only animal that is mine is this one dog. <laughs> it's okay. a Chewini. She's stuck away. But I have like uh, I have like seven cats that live with me right now. So seven, yeah, seven cats. Oh my yes. god. That's a lot yeah. of cats. Are you breeding them? Or are you gonna like start a little mini cat sled and yeah? No. Is that even illegal? But is I, that legal I, to have seven cats? <laughs> And on this no, episode of like... Hoarders. <laughs> no. It's... I think you're only allowed to have like four. I think it's the max of cats you're supposed to have in a house. So you can't have seven. I think there's some max in them, right? But we have property and stuff, so it don't matter. So this thing right here would have saved your ass. And I really like this. So it's called Crypto Key Stack. The Builder Stack. This yeah. thing. And it has a way for you to etch into metal your private keys. It comes with a little okay. tool, so you have a Dremel, and you can write into these metal cards your private keys, and then you stack them, and you press them, and you lock them, and then you put it in a safe, so even if there's a fire or animal piss, your private keys are safe. Another good thing is, yeah. if you have the money for it, it's a little on the high end, is Data Bunker. They've got this military-grade external hard drive that's like... Bomb proof, fireproof, EMP, they, baby. EMP proof. They shot it out of a can. Yeah. They, like they've put. The, it's pretty much a black box for an airplane for for personal. Yeah, I know someone who has that, and it's a very sweet, sweet, sweet device. It's like that's something I need to get. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I had like the everything was like in different fireboxes, and I didn't think of the option wasn't cat piss. You know, with seven cats, that uh, would so be in my head every day. <laughs> Via chat. Yeah, yeah, Good no, thing, that's crazy. Have, so, so do you I use any hardware right wallets or anything? Like what kind of software wallets? What what are you using right now to hold and interact with crypto without giving, I guess, you know, too much doxing out? But like, you know, what, what are some of the things that you prefer? Because like there's a lot out there. What are your tops? Um, 
I did like the ledger ledger wallet. I used to, but I used to. There was some issues with that, and that was about as far as I got was a ledger wallet because I was thinking the same thing with even with my hard drives and the backups that I've done is you know how especially with the the um was it Spectrum and stuff like that. How can we trust the manufacturer of the chips? Or even the software or the firmware and stuff like that. So I've been basically been sticking with um, paper and even the little hardware devices that I have and um, other little methods that I've done that are not associated with hardware wallets. And I know that's still not safe and I need to figure out, you know, maybe not be as parent figure out which is the best system for me because you know i can't keep things the way they are or even stashed at the different places i have stuff dashed at because i what if i need to access it you know what if i need it for some for well, emergency yeah. purposes or something like that and it hasn't quite happened yet thankfully but that could potentially happen um but it, i'm very i would you know that I think the problem with the hardware wallets is nothing to do with the actual individual companies themselves. It's just that they have to rely on other systems, other existing systems. It's not like you can make your own chip right now, really, like yeah. in your basement. Soon. Like people do with those little 3D things. Yeah, no, you're right, man. These hardware wallets, as I got into the space and learned more about them and ran into these They're issues, point, well, it sucks because like they update, right? Because mm -hmm. the firmware becomes vulnerable over time because they're constantly putting out these bounties for white hat hackers to beat the black hat hackers to the firmware uh, exploits. And there's been uh -huh. exploit after exploit after exploit. And what really kind of comes down to the problem is, look, if you're if those papers that got wet with your private keys on them were on a hardware wallet, you would say, hey, my money's still safe. I lost my paper private keys, but I still have my hardware wallet. You know your PIN number, mm -hmm. you plug it in, and it says mandatory update. Now you have to update it, and it says you're gonna need your private keys to get your money back now. You're like, the fuck does this mean? You know, like, yeah. I don't, I don't wanna go into a coma and worry about something stupid or even something like, you know, whatever. You need to go back to those Nokia brick phones. Yeah. Those things were just indestructible. They're still around. Indestructible. <laughs> They're still around. <laughs> they have the you new ones, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I've been, yeah, I've been just, more I've on... seen those things toss at people. <laughs> so besides Bitcoin and crypto but, yeah, and know, all or... this shit, what are, what are you into? What, what's your fucking distraction from all this noise and, and FOMO and FUD? What do you do to tune out the uh, crypto? Geek stuff. I'm into like The Flash and Mr. Robot and uh, Star Trek and uh, talking to my friends and doing reviews of those type of shows and stuff like that. So that's basically been my distraction is just which is kind of what drove me into this space in the first place because it's kind of like you know cyberpunk digital money that's what cyberpunks you know and the cyberpunk you know the digital world the future you just have credits and just go boop 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 that's what the future is supposed to be and mm -hmm. it was nice to be able to maybe potentially participate in something like that or have a hand in inspiration you know or influence if you will i want to say influence because i think right now we have so many influencers if you will in the space and we're supposed to be decentralized. We're not supposed to have leaders, but it seems in some cases we do or don't. I don't know. It's it's like I said, the space is a little weird right now. And I think what we're doing is, as you said earlier, with the whole Mt. Gox and cutting the legs, we're flushing things out and getting to like you know the strongest, if you will. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, exactly. Yeah. But that's basically what I. 
No, it's cool. I actually thought it, Mr. Robot did a really interesting twist on, like, you know, the currency thing with, like, the e-cards or whatever they have from, like, that company. They give out their credits on a card, so... And Canada just did that. They, yeah. like, have this weird Calgary dollar that's a digital dollar that only that. is accepted in Calgary. That website looks So, shady. I don't know, man. It's weird. But, yeah. Of all the cities that would do that it, in Canada, it wouldn't be Calgary, man. Like, I don't know. It's done. Uh, did it. It would be, what, Toronto, Quebec? Nah, I'd be, like... What city would you live? Vancouver. I live in... Yeah, it'd be Vancouver. I live in Ottawa. So, we're, like... We're in, like, honestly the most boring part of Canada just because it's... We're in the government town, like, so all the, the, the capital where we got the prime minister here, it's all very, like, like-minded, close-minded people that want to work for the government and not really take any risks and have that town home and, you know, they're they're, they're kind of oblivious. And, Everything's and already working for them. Everything's so working for them. If it ain't broke, exactly. don't fix it. That's their mentality. Yeah. I used to live in Virginia in a place called Fedland, which is northern Virginia near the D.C. area. They're around the Maryland, like, D.C., like, that little area like that. And it's the exact same thing. It's, it's abysmal. The people yeah. just want to go work for the government and they work guaranteed check and don't really want to do anything new. And it's very, it's very constricting where you yeah. have to like basically escape and like, well, yeah, exactly. And, and like and, people like to think that I'm like kind of skeptical about my thinking, but people don't realize I did door to door sales in this province for like seven years. So I've worked in every city, every, like in Toronto and Montreal, everywhere other than Ottawa I've been to, and you really go door to door. You will see the mentality of a city. You will see, you know, the, the similarities of the way people are thinking. And like door to door is just harder in Ottawa. It, it harder than any other city I've ever done it in. And luckily I live here, but, um, <laughs> but like, yeah, it's tough. It, it really, is, it really is a regional thing. Like it depends where you are, how much adoption you're going to get. And like some, some towns are just like slower to the plate and like, going to be the last ones to adopt a technology or the last ones to hop on the train well that's going to be the thing first world countries will be if the even more privileged providence because we're pampered you know yeah. i like that venezuela is the one taking the initiative here and kind of you know they have nothing left to lose i was just gonna look say at, look at, look there's at a difference between parents. taking the initiative and like fuck what are we gonna do we need to right. do something you know we're weighing our money to buy a cup of coffee we might have a problem. <laughs> and it goes from Venezuela to even the state of Ohio in the U.S. is accepting Bitcoin for taxes, which is odd because I don't know many people that have Bitcoin that are excited to pay their taxes even with Bitcoin. That's like making nerd money even nerdier. Yeah. <laughs> it is making nerd money even nerdier, but I think the space has to realize like – the government will find a way to get its taxes. It always does. If it means taxing people, where just your existence, you have to pay like 30K a year well, then, just to exist. Well, that's the thing. I They're think going get to that find a way. So either come up with... <laughs> yeah, so I think that the, the eventually they, they not, the government have to get into the cryptocurrency space with Bitcoin. I mean, I'm sure they're going to try the stupid petrol dollar thing like Venezuela does, and it's going to collapse and fail. But they... They're trying it with CirclePay. They're going to have to... Ex and Coinbase, that whole uh, USDC so, coin. That's basically their the, the US dollar's version of the Petro. And it's, and it's not going to work. It's going to fail. It's going to be worthless it is really i mean seriously and 
it's it's just going to be very silly. It would be interesting to see what happens in the next 10 years is when it comes to uh, governments and stuff like that, because there's no prediction. Something can happen and everything changes. You know, you just you just don't know. Or there's a shift in the wind or something like that. Mm-hmm. But it's, I don't know. I, I, I think it's very sad with the Venezuela situation because I think too many people are, uh, I want to say giddy, but say pointing to Venezuela as an example for adoption for cryptocurrencies, uh, for Bitcoin. And I'm like, these people are starving. Yes, they have to use Bitcoin to live. But that's not really the situation I want for everything to be crumbling and falling apart for people to use this as a means of living or existing or, or using that coin. I want it to be a thing of good, not a thing of of last resort. Mm-hmm. And it just, I'm glad it's here for them. I really am because who knows what the situation in Venezuela would be like if there wasn't Bitcoin. There could be more riots if there wasn't a Bitcoin in existence. Thank I think. God there's You're a right. plan uh, People didn't have that option to be able to get out. Yeah, if there was a plan B. But I just don't, I just, I would like it to be a much more malleable situation, a much more easier situation to where it is an option and something that you can opt into and build off of instead of just like, well, shit's hit the ground. This is what I have to do. No, you're right. We need, we need a, <laughs> we need a more virtuous uh, approach to this. I think we're, we're coming up on an hour. I want to make sure we get everything covered. Was there anything that you specifically wanted to talk about or anything that you wanted to make sure we kind of covered that we may not have had a chance to? No, I just thought it was ridiculous that you were trying to book yourself for <laughs> interviews to Stranger Podcast thing for uh, almost, what, it's all the way to February now? I was like, oh, I have to get onto this and see what's going on with, see what the craziness that Ken is coming up with here. I mean, you are a trooper, seriously. I think you are probably one of the better benefits to this space of just being out there and just being real about it. And, and more importantly, you're one of the few people in the space that says, I know, and it's okay to say that. There's so many people that will never say that, no matter what. Like, I don't know something. They'll bullshit or fudge or hedge or whatever, but they will never say the words, I don't know. Yeah, I, I've that said that a lot in my life. That's a comfortable statement I, I am uh, with making. <laughs> no, because there's a lot I don't know. That's why I started doing interviews with uh, a lot of these people in this space. That's uh, why I reached out to people like Andreas and Trace Mayer and Tone Vase and all these amazing people is to kind of mm-hmm. ask questions because I didn't know shit. And I've learned so much in the past like three years to find out that I don't know even more shit. Like, damn, I, I've learned so much to only learn that I have so much more to learn. Yeah. So the, like I've, I've dug a hole to my back to another hole and filled it. It's it's a weird feeling as I learn more. I, I realize I feel dumber. Like, I know more, yeah. but I feel like I know a lot well, less now. Yeah, and that, that was the motivation, like, behind my new show that I have, which is still really small. But it's like, there's so much I don't know, and there's so many people that can teach me. So why not make a show where they're teaching me? Because if someone can get something through my thick skull, <laughs> then other people will be able to understand it, you know? So exactly. that was my mentality. Like, I'm not, there's so many people trying to come across, like, experts, there's yeah. Um, there's no experts in this space. There's no, You're no not an expert, expert, especially when they say price. It is so frustrating. The price predictions and saying this and that, and it's just so frustrating. It's like it's okay to say I don't know what it's gonna be. Yeah, I, I don't actually, know what the price of Bitcoin's gonna be. I don't really know what blockchain is really about. 
Yeah. Yeah, no, man, nobody does because nobody really knows what the internet's about yet. It's still a fucking baby and it didn't grow up to become what it wanted to do when it was grown up. And that's blockchain is like a fetus right now, dude. Don't push it out mm-hmm. the nest. It ain't ready. The way I see it is like we should honestly be happy that the big whales are manipulating the price right now because just think about it like from an outside perspective. If these huge investors and people with a lot of money see the value in pushing the price of Bitcoin down so they can accumulate it, then what you think they're going to keep pushing it down? They're going to manipulate it back up. <laughs> like these billionaires aren't going to miss a chance to make more billions when it's right in front of us with Bitcoin. Yeah, exactly. Like I said, Goldman Sachs acquiring <laughs> Poloniex. You know, we got uh, so Circle Pay and everybody coming up with these, you know, stable coins. And from the Ethereum Enterprise Alliance to uh, everybody else, holy shit. I feel shit. like people's emotions, like, there's like a, at least 10 articles a day that you can scroll through Facebook and see contradicting articles like it'll be like bitcoin's going to the moon bitcoin's crashing bitcoin's in a death spiral bankers love it bankers hate it governments are starting to accept it governments want to destroy it i feel like people just like hop from that emotion to that emotion they wake up they're like ah bitcoin's great oh my god no it's spiraling out of control bitcoin's bad oh what did i do i just wasted a year of my life oh wait no i found another article you gotta stop following cnbc fast (laughs) money i I told you to unfollow crypto man ran months ago he's bad for your mental health (laughs) no it's it's funny because you're right like even from coin coin telegraph to coin desk is contradictory it is it it, kind of reminds me of those tabloids where they have like the bad the bat boy on the magazine and aliens this and bitcoin this and bitcoin that it, it seems so almost fictitious of what they're saying like it's almost made up yet it's reality and it's weird it's like you're we're in a jerry springer show or something and <laughs> you're gonna find out who your daddy is or something like that very weird and i <laughs> yes <laughs> you know um but at the same time i think it's good because when people can disregard certain people much easier now where before, like in the money space, like you have to go to Forbes, you have to go to Wall Street Journal. Bloomberg These are the yeah. economic leaders Bloomberg. or Bloomberg or something like that. And those people are owned by the corporations and manipulating, pumping. What's that one guy that got in trouble that was always like a buy, sell, and yell all the time? Oh, yeah, yeah, like the like, phone and the hammer uh, and everything. On the money channels. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and just like stuff like that, and it, it was like it the Billy Mays of the stock exchange. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hate that guy. <laughs> the fucking like yeah, that guy, couch, giant red phones and shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Buy now. <laughs> like, I didn't know. I didn't know like circuit freaks were into investing this deep, but damn, this is a a side passion of this clown. Well, bright colors, loud people—they attract the minds of stupid people. So <laughs> he did his job, you know. All right, so I guess uh, we can we can kind of wrap up here. Uh, this has been freaking awesome, and uh, I gotta catch up on on Mr. Robot. I think they're on the season three, right? They just finished season three. Season four is supposed to start next year, and it's supposed to be the last season. Yeah, I'm, so I'm very I'm disappointed because it'll behind. be the last time I review the show. I'm a binge watcher, so I just like wait until they're done. Yeah. And then I download a shit ton of torrents, or I just wait for it to hit Netflix or Hulu, whatever comes first. Um, it's but... on Prime right now, so yeah. <laughs> did, 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 uh, did Mr. Robot cover Bitcoin? Or did they ever mention cryptocurrencies or anything like that? Oh, Bitcoin's been from the very beginning. 
to the point where you see it in the background to actually being mentioned saying like we have to destroy Bitcoin because it's anarchy or else Ecoin won't exist. Okay, okay. Like, is that yeah, a that was three. That was a plot point in season three, where they okay. wanted to like basically say we need to destroy Bitcoin. Yeah, I feel I'm like excited gonna, for this season. I feel like we're gonna split as humanity. We're gonna have like the under the ground living in the sewers people that use Bitcoin, and then like the above. Remember that old Sylvester Stallone movie? Oh uh, shit! Yes, <laughs> the demolition oh, man. Demo, demo <laughs> man. Yeah, we're gonna be like eating, eating rat burgers <laughs> and, and trading Bitcoin. <laughs> One Bitcoin is one Bitcoin, but that burger's made out of rat. I don't know about this. <laughs> All right, look. Um, I, I have, declare myself Wesley. I have a link to your info below, so everybody that's watching and listening, they can go ahead and check you out, check out your podcast, and get all that sci-fi nerdiness out. But uh, why don't you give them a little verbal direction? Let them know where they can find you, platforms, you know, Facebooks, YouTube's podcasts, all that stuff. Just let the audience know where they can find you and a little bit about your content and what you're up to and what they can expect. Basically, pitch yourself. Shill. Pitch myself. Okay, so you can, you can find uh, uh, F Society RC podcast. That's the name of the Mr. Robot Review Show on any of the podcast apps: Apple, Spotify, Google Play. I yeah, I think I am on Spotify. Uh, any of those platforms. Uh, you can also find me on the MTR Network uh, Movie Trailer Reviews, where you can hear me talk about Twelve Monkeys as well as the upcoming new season of Star Trek Discovery, and uh, pretty think. Pretty soon we're going to be starting up again because that show comes back up in January. But you can also listen to the past last season of Star Trek. Um, it's a great show. I love it. I'm a very Trekkie person and stuff like that. Uh, 12 Monkeys ended. Sad to see it go. But there's new stuff always uh, in the geek world. And that's pretty much where you can find me. Exactly. <laughs> uh, you can also find me on Twitter. I'm Haroja Shibe or uh, my proper name, Alicia M. Snow, because Twitter banned my full name. And I'm still pissed about it. <laughs> Dicks. Jack, you're a dick, well, I, Jack. Apparently, I had must have said something or whatever about it. It has to do with cryptocurrency. I knew I had to do with that because a lot of people were getting banned at that time. So I just created the new Twitter handle, which is what people do. So that's where you can find me. All right. Well, and thank that you is so much, man. This was really cool and interesting. And actually, uh, if you're free, book another time to come on because maybe we could do something less crypto centric because uh, I love 12 Monkeys. I, I love, you know, all this sci fi stuff. I'm kind of a nerd myself on the DL. Um, I, I don't think there's see I, I use real <laughs> shit I, I talk in text that's how fucking nerdy I am you know I say I'm the dude that says I'm BRB LOL you know BRB um, but yeah no I, I love all that stuff man it's really cool cause like you know, basically a, a, a stoner at heart I just like like getting stoned and watching these sci-fi films and I think that you know the whole 12 monkeys thing is is one of my most interesting and favorite ones uh i think that besides that idiocracy and hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy are, are up there but um you know book another time yeah. to come on i'd love to have you on here for a more sci-fi chat or maybe i could come on your podcast and we could talk about season three mr robot i'm actually gonna have to catch up now that the season's wrapped up yeah, I would love to do that. We'll see we schedule our times together and stuff because I know you're out there, you know, going from here to here. And so I want to make sure, you know, we have the proper time and have fun doing this. But it's been great coming onto the show, and I hope everyone um, enjoyed our talk here. All right. Hey, have a day. You too. <laughs>